tonight, live on No Dumb Questions, I am joined by my main man, Detroit's finest, a brother who easily came into the game, one of the most hated athletes by some and revered by others, a, a man who made his mark by lengthening his shorts and standing up for what he believed in. He keeps standing up for what he believes in. And tonight what we're going to do is we're going to find out how this brother went from being somebody who so many groups couldn't stand to the one they can't stop watching. Please join me in welcoming my main man, my mellow. Forward from the University of Michigan, Jalen Rose. Clap it up for Jalen Rose. Love, my brother. Thank you very much for having me. I am so humbled and honored. Listen, you and Nas, to me, are really what the 90s black experience was. Like, y'all, I like literally from, from the from the cut to the cool. <laughs> <laughs> he represented New York to the fullest, and you represented the D to the fullest. How is that possible that from there to here, you still are an icon within our community? Thank you, brother. I appreciate you having me on. And I love that analogy. There's a picture circulating on the internet that I took with Nasir Jones in around 1995. We were in L.A. at the Century Club. And that picture is just classic because, you know, we was mean mugging. You know what I mean? I had you my, see how the chip tooth though? Phone. No question. Absolutely. That's the only knowledge that counts. Yes. That the only. Yes. Yes. Definitely had the chip tooth. And. And how about the rebirth that he's had as a professional? Like, he done got with Hit Boy and, you know, started winning these awards and putting out projects. They about to do another project. Nas about to give us three classic projects in, like, 12 to 18 months. You and I know. Like, Nas will take his time with some projects. You know what I mean? Like but he's that's, one of the but greatest lyricists ever. But, exactly. But you, he take his time. He measured. Measure twice, cut once. Right. And you two have run this parallel path coming straight out of the hood and just and put the hood on your back. How about that? Yes. How and, is it that you've been able to stay so connected to the community despite the fact that life has gone really well for you, brother? I never removed myself. That's the key. Like what ends up happening to a lot of people and you can't blame them, but most adults and or professionals live where they work, live where they work. So you ultimately live where your career, your professions drive you to be. And I love my hometown of Detroit. And we went from being a town that had 1.5 or so million of people to now we have maybe 600,000. So right now, nobody's really looking at a map and saying, I have 14 days on vacation. I want to go visit Detroit. And so that's what creates the Detroit versus everybody um, mentality, but also makes people like me feel like I'm never leaving and I'm anchored here. So I never changed my driver's license. I never moved away, regardless of what I was doing with um, ESPN or the New York Post or whatever career path I was taking. I still stayed grounded to my hometown. And so that's always been important to me, and especially now that I found the JRLA. And so I'm one of those people, and, 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 and a lot of Detroiters will tell you this. I said it in the Fab Five doc. Who want to go to Europe? It ain't Detroit. <laughs> right? I said that. <laughs> well, you know, one of the things about – now, if, if you've never been to Detroit, you don't understand that it is truly Detroit versus everybody. It, it is not – like, it's not a T-shirt. It is a mentality. No. The people yeah. left behind in Bridge in, – in, I'm sorry, in Detroit – are, it's Detroit, period. Correct. What is it about the, the, the Detroit experience that makes people so – the ones who are in are all in up to their head? Commitment, toughness, perseverance, loyalty, love. Because we know if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. And we have a sense of pride about ourselves because we had a lot of different renaissances. 
the auto industry was the heartbeat of the United States of America. That was birthed in Detroit. How about the Motown sound with Barry Gordy? That was birthed in Detroit. And so we have so many things that we understand that we've contributed to the lexicon of the culture. And you can't go anywhere in society without running into somebody from Detroit and having somebody say, what up, though? Because we found ways to migrate. I didn't realize y'all had come up with it, but it is clear that you did. It's yes. clear that you did. Yes, absolutely. And so th th there's a level of perseverance that we know that it takes in order to have your goals happen and, and, and to come true. And we also love the fact that when people do have some success, it's more than just wearing an old English D hat. It's more than just putting on when you're doing an interview. It's being 10 toes down and being present, spending your time, your energy, your money, your commitment to try to give back. And that's what I'm dedicated to doing. You've done that throughout your career. Each time you've had an opportunity to be in the spotlight, you have put your community on your back and made it crystal clear that you are about your community. Not everyone um, who is in your position takes your position. Let's start here. Sage Steele. What is it that you think she finds herself engaging in at this point in, 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 in the experience of, 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 of our community? So I know Sage. I respect Sage. I've worked with her for a long time. Actually, when Sage first started, um, it probably I don't know if this was the exact beginning of her career type of thing, but I was playing for the Pacers while she was a young journalist. And I saw her not only grow from that experience to now, you know, the multiple opportunities she's been gifted and uh, she's earned, you know, going through Indiana and uh, now, you know, doing sports center, a lot of different things. I, uh, it, 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 I've worked with her on NBA countdown as well. I, I, and I've seen yes, the recent yes, report. You've, you've seen that one. <laughs> I, yeah, what, I, we, are, we are aware that you two have worked together. Yeah. And so I, I've seen the recent reports. I've seen her recent interviews type of thing. But I, I'm really going to tell you how I feel about that. Like, I love for people to tell me where they coming from. Okay. I listen. I'm not mad at that. Like I, I, I rather I rather somebody be up front with me about how they feel and where they're coming from than somebody sugarcoat it and hide it. And so that gives me a chance to either rock with them, believe them or not. And, 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 and that's that that's really how I feel about it. Like my experience of growing up in Detroit and having a single parent mother raise me, not meeting my father. I saw, for example, when she talked about how Barack Obama filled out the forum type of thing. Again, like her experience and how she feels is just vastly different from mine. But for me, my culture, my people mean everything to me. Like mean everything to me. That's clear. Did she play herself? It depends on what audience you're talking about. Fair. That, that, that like, like, well, let's this be honest. I don't doubt for a second that she's talented, right? So I've so obviously I've watched a little bit on on in 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 the NBA, but I've actually I became more acquainted with her when she did her work on MMA, uh, UFC, actually. Um, and so for me, I, I've had a different experience with her, and I was actually impressed with some of the things that you know that she knew the sport. Uh, I, I was surprised to see a woman of color who seemed to at least seemed to know the names of the people. I don't know how much she knows about the sport, but she. She damn sure knew enough to catch my attention. But at the at the end of the day, as black people like to say, at the end of the day, um, she's still in a position where she is still a person of color. And one cannot yep. argue that one of the reasons she's in the position, I would feel that one of the reasons she's in a position is because she is a woman of color. There's something about her that that pulled people in to say, you know what? It's interesting to hear her talk, but it's also interesting to hear her talk because she's a, a, I think she's a black woman. As a person who has a white mother, I don't ever go around telling people that mm -hmm. I'm biracial or mm -hmm. of color because I have been stopped by the police and nobody says, but wait a minute, is your mom white? Mm. That's not what we're talking about. So obviously have a different perspective because I, 
I share some of the same genealogy that she would in terms of a person who has, a, uh, at least I know the white people in my family, at least some of them. Gotcha. gotcha. But I don't want to calling myself biracial or of color or something goofy like that. I feel like as a person who is black, mm-hmm. you don't have to accept that you're black, but we're going to see you as black. Do you feel like she played herself in the community or no? Um, I feel, I feel like this, like, she she she's entertaining and she's acknowledging and accepting the audience that she understands that she's comfortable with. And for me, I'm good with that. Like if 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 that's how she feels, if like I I, I so Dave Chappelle, for example, you remember the classic show. He did a racial draft. And we can make it that like if we were drafting and like what team she would be on and that type of thing. But who would you get for who would you get for her? Because we got him in him last time. We got him in (laughs) last time. So so stage is up. I know you already picked, we already got him, right? We already got the choice finals. And you can't you can't get rock because I don't think he's coming to this to this team. He's gonna have be a holdout. Who do you get? Wow. I gotta think about that one. That's like like I, I, I'm really tough about inviting people to the barbecue, my brother. I'm right. not the kind of person to see you with a rap hoodie on, or you recite a verse, and then I'm like, you invited to the barbecue. No, it ain't. It ain't, it ain't easy. Like so, Tupac so, said. So, so who do we get? So, because um, they already got her, right? They got her, Stacey Dash. Well, well I, I'm just trying to Candace Owens. Candace Owens. I'm trying to. I'm trying to think. Uh, mm, I don't know. I don't know. I'm tough. I'm tough at the VIP. You know what I'm saying? Okay. You got to come out with five players, and we down three. Hey man. Hey man. I don't know. You gotta have to give me some multiple choice on this one. Okay. Is it Kardashian? No. Okay. Are there any NBA players? Like a Drew Brees? No. He had trouble. No. But but here's the here's the thing I want to stress though. And I'm gonna man, keep giving me the multiple choice. I re- it's almost like the people that's not vaccinated, right? Like I, I hear the dumb logic that people talk about not getting vaccinated, right? For me, mm-hmm. it's like wearing a seatbelt. Or wearing a bulletproof vest or anything else. It's a it's a safety measure, right? But for those that feel I feel so passionate, and this is like a Kyrie Irving, about my stance of not getting vaccinated, that I'm willing to forfeit a portion of my salary. Like if you feel that way about it, for me, more power to you. That that's really kind of how I feel about the sage thing. Like I'm literally not mad at her. If I see Sage tomorrow, I'm gonna give her a hug, say hello, ask her how her, her her dad is doing, ask her how her kids is doing. I just know how she feels, and and I'm good with it. Anderson Cooper. That's a good one. That's a good one. I like AC three sixty. That's my guy. Okay, so you take you take Anderson. Okay, <laughs> Anderson for Sage. I, I still got to think about it. I was, I was trying to think of a woman. I was okay. trying to think of a woman. Um. Uh, oh, 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 you know what? Uh, uh, I know she just had a couple of issues with her show or whatnot. Ellen. How about Ellen DeGeneres? Okay. <laughs> you take Ellen for Okay. That sounds like a, that sounds like a trade with some, with some challenges. She, you recognize she had an injury last year. Oh she yeah. Had- got it. Got it. That, see, I'm not, I'm not good at this game. I'm not good at this game. All right, so we we gonna come back to that. We gonna, we gonna see who you get, who you get for Candace Owens, um, Candace Owens, Sage, and uh, who else did you say? Uh, you mentioned Stacy Dash. Stacy Dash. All right, a fellow Detroit native. And Stacey. again, like, but 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 here, like, I I have an idea I want to talk to you about. There's a show that I hope to do one day. It's called Not in Front of Company. Love it. Like, because there are certain conversations that we need to have amongst one another that's not in front of company. 
Right. Right. And so th- this say still topic or Stacy Dash or Candace Owens or anyone, I'm just a free thinking person that isn't upset with somebody that feels or thinks different than me, even Jamel if Hill they're black. Jamel Hill seems to be. But even if they're black. Right. But Jamel, like Jamel and 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 Carrie Champion seem to uh, be more than a little upset with her. Why do you think that is? Respectfully, uh, well, not respectfully, factually, rest in peace to my mother who I lost in February. I mean, look, you know, look, I'm really sorry look, about look, that. Thank you, my brother, because because the black woman is incredible and extremely um, just like the NBA right now. Ninety five percent of the players are vaccinated. And whenever I get confused, even when it was time to go to the bubble, I was like, when I get confused, who should. I was like NBA, a league that's like 82 percent of black women. And so there's going to be a level of accountability that they're going to hold one another to, Fair. just like we do of brothers. No doubt. The same thing, just like we do of brothers. We're going to hold each other accountable in a different that's way. Right. So that's sister business right there. Yes, yes. We got to stand on the sideline and watch that happen. So this, this one, this one folks business. This, this is grown <laughs> I can accept that. I can definitely accept that because – I do think that I, I can accept your point of there's a time at which it really ain't for us to comment. This is for one black woman to say to another black woman, and we need to sit our black asses still. And if they tag us in, we come in. But until they're done with their conversation, it's grown folks business. Correct. But we're wasting our time. If you feel like when somebody that looks like you, that thinks different than you, that you want to try to make them agree with you. It's fine. That we not um, so we can't celebrate not being a monolith, and and, and 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 but not do it all of the time. Right, we can't celebrate being a monolith and then hold people accountable for not being black enough. If if, if whatever that means, what does that correct. mean? Correct, correct. Like like, let me tell you one of the dumb. By, by the way, and, and as I've gotten older, I learned certain things that I was taught was inaccurate. And and I'm pretty sure you can school me here. Like, I remember saying that other black men were Uncle Tom's. Mm. And as you get a little older and you do a little more reading, you realize that he was an actual hero. Right, right. He was sold and packaged to us like a sellout. You see what I'm saying? So you'll have somebody like me growing up being exposed to him on that side. And I'm using that term towards other people that look like me being young and immature. And I'm using it all wrong. What do you say to your students at uh, Jalen Rose Leadership Academy about being black? What does that mean to be black? I know that they get what it means to be from the D because it's through through their veins. But what does it mean to be black for them? A sense of pride, a sense of dignity, a sense of worth, a sense of love, a sense of the sky's the limit. We want them to aspire for greatness. We want them to open their minds, open their hearts, and understand what it's like when they have to make critical and tough decisions. So it's not just about educating them. That's a clearly a major portion of it but you got to make sure that they're armed with the life skills and that's what I always loved about your program is because you took the toughest route like I did to educate older young people yeah that's the forgotten age group say that, the say high school that. age group say that because it's <laughs> little black boys are cute like really cute and they're five cute, years totally. old cherub yeah. cheeks right <laughs> and they come up to you and they just love all over you when they tell you to go fuck yourself Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Correct. And so now when they're 15 and they've been exposed to sex, drugs, violence, gangs, the internet, smoking and drinking and talking back to their parents and stuff, that's a different young person. Oh, and by the way, the state gives you the same amount of money to educate both of them. They do. And and we'll take it one step further. 
how many people I just had a conversation today at work because I right now this is the hardest this is the hardest year I've ever had in education by period full mm-hmm. stop full stop and I had a conversation with some of my colleagues in 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 Harlem uh, at one of our schools in Harlem and we were talking about how grown people are scared of kids mm-hmm. like, yes just scared to say son button your top button before you speak to me because that's what we do. Where, where's your belt? I don't have it. It's not an answer. Pull your pants up. Yes. This is how they fit. It's not an answer. Wasn't a question. Wasn't a conversation. Really confused why there was a response other than, I'm sorry, Dr. Perry. I'll take care of that straight away. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. How and, is uh, Go ahead. Go ahead. So, so a few things that I want to elaborate on with that. And I just want to drop a jewel that you may know, but it, it, it's food for thought for everyone else is picking it up for the first time. When you get a chance, because you talked about their pants hanging down, I did that at a different point in my life. But I figured something out. I figured what sagging is spelled backwards. I'm going to repeat. When you get a chance, pay attention to what sagging is spelled backwards. And where now, it comes from and the correct. purpose of it, the message correct. that you're sending to the other young men in, in your community as this foundation was in prison, where it was correct. to give an indication that you were available. Correct. We're going to have the conversation. We're going to have the conversation. It's not about homophobia. It's just about the establishment. That's real of- talk. No, it's real talk. Like you teaching. Like. A lot of people don't know that. So so it's important for that to be said. And when your pants are hanging below your butt, it is it was an indication in prison that you were available. Correct. And so as, when you talk about like Jalen is frozen for a second. There we go. Go ahead. Say that again. I'm sorry. You're frozen for a second. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, before a young person goes and uh, enters your school, though, there are multiple steps of that young person's development. And by the time you ask them to button up their shirt, depending on the family that they come from, they probably had limited instruction between now and when you told them that. Is is and, that is that and is the inherent lack of trust of the system that they see us to be part of, and black men in particular what, that we clearly are. When so many of our young men grow up in homes where there are no black men regularly, and when they find themselves hearing about black men, especially their fathers or uncles, they're hearing how they ain't shit. And how they ain't never gonna be shit. And so then here we come and we're not mm. their code. And mm. we try to say to them, we try to talk to them. They feel like they gotta buck up because they've been told since they were 10 years old that they're the man of the house. So they see you and me, and they do what anyone does throughout the animal kingdom when, when they see themselves in a threat position. They rise up and who are you talking to? Who are you talking mm-hmm. to? Like, son, we, mm-hmm. we ain't doing all that. First of all, mm. I am a grown man. <laughs> right. But the dichotomy behind all of this is that they are the man of the house in a lot of ways. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I, I've I've been in that position where we didn't have heat, we didn't have hot water. I'm the youngest of four, and I'm trying to make sure that I fill up the kerosene heaters in the morning driving my mother's car so the house is warm before she gets up and go to work. That started making me feel like I'm the man of the house. And so that was a point in time where I felt like I couldn't ask my mother for money anymore because I knew she didn't have it. So now I got to go and do it my way. And I just chose a route that wasn't selling drugs. But that's what a lot of my friends were doing. They were stealing cars, Tempos, Topazes, Cherokees. Like I've joyrided in that, all of that stuff. But too many times that we both have. Like, let's just be honest. I think too many times where my man would go and we go into the the corner store 
And he's like, what do you want? Everybody puts in their order. We walk around. They can't watch all of us. It's only the 90s. So they ain't got cameras. They got one camera, and that camera ain't catching all of us. And we all move, and, and, and we come out. And then they, you know, it, it's a shell game. They don't know who it is. And then here he comes up to the counter and pays for something. We leave. They don't see us touch anything. And then we got a box of candy bars right before double sessions for football practice. So now we're going to sit there and eat candy. We're going to eat four Snickers apiece for breakfast. Correct. Or or, or like you, you got to do what you got to do. Like that's why I love popcorn and chips because that was breakfast, lunch, and dinner sometimes. You remember smelts and liverwurst and, and all of that kind of stuff? Like that's why I'm not a huge fan now of cold cuts. I used to always tell myself, if I ever get some bread, I am not eating cold cuts. Yo, but a sugar sandwich, though, a sugar sandwich after school will take you very far. Yes, no doubt. And, and the sugar water, sugar milk. Right, because sugar apparently was a lot less expensive because for us, you could get sugar from the state. Right, The state would give you sugar. Like, they give you the thing that would just say sugar on it. Absolutely, and sugar play. and cheese. Sugar and cheese, a block of cheese, it'll stop you up, but it'll keep you going. Yeah, exactly. You burn the whole house and I try to make a grilled cheese sandwich out of it. But I tell you what, if you can melt that mess, if you can melt it, if you could get it hot enough in there no without burning down the house, because I don't know no about you, my mom told me you better not cut that, you better not cut that stove on while I'm not here. No, you can't do that. You can't do that. And then if you're gonna do it when they're gone, you better make sure there's no dishes. You know what I'm well, saying? Well, then there's be- that. <laughs> and then there's that. Then there's that. Is that why? Because you know your understanding of our community has you making decisions as the founder of Jalen Rose a Leadership Academy. That I have. To, I, I gotta. I, I gotta come out on this one. Uh, Jalen, he beat me to the punch on something. I'm actually. I'm not just jealous of the gazelles because he, he rocks <laughs> I can't. I wish I could. I always wanted them. I got the I got I got the ones that you that they would sell on the corner that the fake ones that 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 the uh, gold would rub off after a couple of wearings of it, and it didn't actually say gazelles. It said gazelles on it. No I doubt. Those. I, I had those. Beast I, I did watching Crush Groove. Right, watching Crush Groove, trying to beatbox. I just wasn't cool enough to doing that stuff. But one of the things that Jalen also beat me to. As, as a founder of a school, which I'm super impressed by, is he decided to engage local restaurants to improve the food. I'm so jealous of this. I got one of my colleagues yes. here. He's already called yes. restaurants as we speak. Yes. Can you yes. talk about that and why? Because it's a real deep understanding. Like it's a, it's a granular understanding of our kids that you just, man, you just got. So when you have the... Uh, so we have 400 plus high school scholars and another 600 alone. We're a nine through 16 model. So we're not just, everybody doesn't know what that means. Yes, sir. So we're open enrollment. We're tuition free. We're public charter. Each of our scholars, while they're in high school, we make sure that they're, uh, 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 they, they, they establish a trade, play a sport and, or do an extracurricular activity. So when you graduate from high school in JRLA, it's not throw your hat in the air and see you later. It's we're still with you. The job isn't done. And so as somebody that went to a public school and actually I do a lot of cooking, I was like, how can I influence in a meaningful way, but not interrupt the day? I don't have to tell you this, like the, like the, like the schedule has to be, you know, A plus the entire time. It can't be, oh, the founder's going to be here on Thursday and we stop everything that we're doing. You know what I mean? That's, that's a way to be, that is a good way to be hated. <laughs> Correct. Like, for real. I have the entire staff mad at me, have my principal mad at me and everybody, right? <laughs> like, for real, they look at you like this mug. It, yes. Yes. So stop learning English so everybody can come in here and you, and you can get your mess off and talk about it. when I was your age. I Correct. couldn't believe that I could be anything. You know, the you world could... says you got the low, says you got to rise up. And so, <laughs> and so I was like, you know, there, there are specific times where each grade goes to lunch. And as somebody that went to public school, I understood I was never a fan of the lunch that we received. But also, we don't get a chance to take the money that we get as a budgetary item and buy whatever we want. So if the state said, hey, 
for this period of time, we're going to spend $10,000 on lunch, but now I can do whatever I want to do with the lunch. I wouldn't be serving what they're actually eating. So let's go there because right? I don't think people really understand. My, my sons blame uh, former First Lady Michelle Obama for their terrible lunches. But it's a real yes. point, though. It is a real point. Yes. Absolutely. So in theory, when you're a public school, you basically have these vendors that you must use in order to get your lunch. There's no way around it. You, you don't determine the cost and you really just got to pick one of the vendors. So I was like, since I'm not a huge fan of the lunch, but also I wanted to give them a treat, a celebration. You know how it is when something special happens at school, like a field trip or tickets to a game or like just something that breaks up the monotony of the day. So Salisbury steak is not the is not the the go to. No, it's not 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 the go to. And so what I started to do, and, and I'm telling you, you're gonna you when you start to do this, We're you're gonna that. start to pay attention to how many restaurants you go to, how much money you spend at the restaurant, and you're gonna challenge them to help you. You're like, hold on, like wait, like like hold on, you can't feed um, my top fifteen scholars. Okay, you can't feed my ninth grade class. You can't feed the entire school. You can't give us 400 cheesesteaks. And so that's what ends up becoming. And that's how I challenge the local restaurants who, by the way, are making money in the community. Yeah, like, they are. These businesses are making money in the community. This is my labor of love asking them to give back. This is what people don't understand, though. As a black man who started his own school, one of the things you're also doing is putting back into the community. It's not just a it's a nice treat to have Caribbean food on a Thursday, but it's saying this Caribbean restaurant is not going to get too many $2,000 um, bills today. So y'all can help me out. Like I understand you got a food cost here, homie, but I'm about to put $2,000 in. You ain't doing no weddings today. You ain't doing no bar mitzvah and no, no offices. Cause let's just be honest. No, no office parties are coming to get, soul food from up the street. So I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. Correct. But you got to work with me. Correct. And it's just a small, very small token of appreciation to the staff that's there working so very hard and to the students. But also it's a chance, and this is what I'm going to do this year, is introduce them to different things in their diet, different foods that they wouldn't normally eat. What do you like, have in mind? Like I want to do a Caribbean day, for example, like you just mentioned. Have a, I have a, a Jamaican restaurant, a, an American soul food restaurant. Like, give them different styles of food to expose them to. And then also, like, just, 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 just change their palate some. Our palate is fried food. Rinse and repeat. From front, back. From front right. to back. Fried food, rinse and repeat. So just try to, just try to switch up their palate some. It's one of the reasons why our kids are overweight. We have a two-sport requirement for our kids. And, I love that. And a sister said to me, one of the moms, when I was walking to the train from one of our schools in Bridgeport, Connecticut, to go to one of our schools in Harlem, and she yells out to me, why don't y'all do chess? We need to have chess. And I got you, sis. I understand. She said, "Everybody ain't uh, 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 everybody's not an athlete. Well, you don't have to be a world-class athlete to get your behind out there and run up and down a field. Because you got to get healthy. And that's part of our challenge, right? Part of our challenge as a community is that we don't get healthy and we dive damn near everything that you could prevent Correct. at a higher rate than any other population. And starting when you have young people is super important. One of the things that Jeff Canada, the founder of the Harlem Children's Zone, did was he actually had fresh food in the building. He had actually fresh vegetables in the mm -hmm. building. They would actually cook, mm -hmm. cook there. But your idea... Is so powerful because you could bring in, a, in an Indian restaurant. You could bring in an Ethiopian restaurant. Correct. And kids could try something they never tried before as a reward for coming to school. Because I'm going to tell you right now, free lunch was the lunch for me. Mutual. Mutual. Didn't miss it at all. No. Didn't miss it at all. And would negotiate with somebody else to get theirs if they didn't want it. How about that? How about that? People be like, this is nasty. How nasty is it? <laughs> it ain't nasty if you put this mayonnaise on it. <laughs> Look, you better take this packet of mayonnaise and, 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 and hit it with it. Like, how many, 
How many three cheese cheeseburgers would I have? Sure, it was dry, but it went down with that that chocolate milk. Oh, you don't want that chocolate milk? Send it over no here. No question. No That's question. And for me, food, for me, food is a labor of love. So I like to cook. So I'm the person that is showing up with something for the potluck or ordering food, like bringing people, get, getting the staff um, deep fried turkeys for Thanksgiving, that type of thing. So I, I understand that just that small, small, very token of appreciation for the students and for the staff can go a long way. And that's so important because when people know that you care about them, they tend to care about you. And when mm. people understand that you're committed to their well-being, something as simple as taking the time out to buy the children good lunches, that changes the, the whole conversation. I ain't going to lie. I'm not a jealous man, but I'm like, damn, you got that one, <laughs> You, you beat me to the punch on that one. And, and, and get get all of the so many restaurants in Connecticut and New York. They got food trucks. They can pull up. They can they can feed fifteen students and staff. They can feed fifty. They can feed a hundred. They can feed two fifty. Like you can do something at least once a month and make money when they weren't normally gonna make that kind of money. Correct. You, you know, one of the many things that you are is what I refer to as a mini media mogul, right? You want to come up from a media mogul perspective. What is the reason why you've been able to, to buttress the community of, of, of communications and the authentic urban experience, but owning your stuff? What's the reason behind that? You said the word that I was thinking of, authenticity. People see through phony, but also they see your struggle and they appreciate when you always stand up when you're not perfect. And as I started to progress as an athlete, I started to realize that not only did the respect of my community and my people mean everything to me, people started to name their kids Jalen. And be in our school. Yes. Correct. And, and and that right there. Jalen and Jordan, y'all it. And, and that right there, because I, like, how many public figures do you follow on social media or do you see talk? And they always talking about their haters. Like, oh, my haters, da 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 da, da. Like, I don't do those posts because I don't get that hate or that dislike or disdain. And so based on that, I've always just made sure that I tried to maintain my authenticity, um, a, a, a reality of a, a voice, because there have been a lot of things that have happened while I was working a corporate job. And I don't have to tell you this. When, when I'm on ABC and I'm suited and booted with a fresh cut and I'm like, arrest the cops that murdered Breonna Taylor, I don't get a raise after that. No, you do not. No, you, you do not. You, you, you see what I'm saying? Like when, when I'm when I'm up there saying I wish America loved black people the way they love black culture. I don't get an email saying congratulations. That was well said. No, you, so, don't. you get pulled aside. <laughs> you get pulled aside. You get pulled aside. Like let's like let's just have an honest conversation, right? When you start telling the truth. These very white, very liberal people, Jalen, we understand your what passion, right? Like they call black guys who are good at a sport an athlete, right? Mm -hmm. Like they call Tom Brady a thinker, right? Right. But everybody else is an athlete, mm -hmm. right? They call you passionate. You're so mm -hmm. passionate and we love your passion. But do you think you could stick to the game? Why don't you stick and, to the game, Jalen? Well, well, what, what the, what, the bubble changed. And, and, but the one thing I do like, and, and I will say about my experience for the people that I work with and I work for, is that I'm really fortunate that I've never been muzzled. Not by the New York Post, the column that I write, or the podcast that I do, not by ESPN. You see Jalen and Jacoby. I got Harriet Tubman over my shoulder. I got Jada Kiss over my shoulder. Like, I got the Ali Summit. Like, that's been there for 10 years. And what what ends up happening is when you continue to stay true to your voice constantly and not flip-flop or not waver, it's not like you're changing. 
So I, I like I don't now go start a school because Colin Kaepernick takes a knee. Like I already knew what was happening because I'm older than him. I know about Tommy Smith and John Carlos. I played with Mahmoud Abdul Raouf. So I, I know about Craig Hodges and what he did when he went to the White House. And so th- there, there were athletes along before him. And once he did it, that became a seminal moment in the country because at that time, Donald Trump was in office. Do you think that the reason you've been able to sustain is because you, similar to, and I think you understand where I'm going with this, 50 People know what they're getting when they follow 50 on on uh, Instagram. Like, you know what's coming. You know what's coming. Correct. Hell, you know what's coming. Like, it's coming. Like, you don't. It's coming. You think yes. You have that same. You think you have that same space? I do. and But it got established a long time ago. Like, when the public got introduced me to me as a member of the Fab Five, Shout to C-Webb, who just got in the Hall of Fame. Shout to Ray and Jimmy. Shout to Jawan, who's going to take us to the Final Four this year. I was introduced as a bald head, bumpy-faced, bad-tooth, loud-mouthed kid. Like, that's how the world met me. Un- unapologetic. And hated you. And hated you. And, correct. And, and hated me. Like, people see me now, and it, it, it reminds when. I, Muhammad Ali, I love him very much. That's my, that's like, he's probably my favorite human being that walked the face of this earth that wasn't in my family. Like, I love Muhammad Ali. Sure. I saw him be disliked for so very long. And I didn't like it as a fan of his because I felt he was the greatest. Like, I truly believe when he stood there and you noticed when he said, I'm pretty. That that meant something to the black man and the black woman. Like people like Don Cornelius that was on TV that was CEOs and, and, and like was well dressed and stuff like that, and Barry Gordy. And so he was disliked when he decided not to go to the military. And it was bittersweet for me seeing him carry the torch in Atlanta. He had Tourette's, he was a little bit older, and I, I was happy to see him celebrate it, but I understood how long he was vilified that's what happened with the fab five like we were vilified so long do you realize before Jawan became a coach at michigan we weren't even acknowledged on campus wait 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 stop there stop there because i can't i can't skip that point that's not small because we all know we all know that you were cultural icons period full stop full stop there's no way that you can tell me that the University of Michigan didn't have y'all plastered all over campus. I left school in 94. C-Web's allegations didn't happen to around 2000. The only acknowledgement that the Five Five had were the two Final Four banners that were hanging. At that period of time, it was like, woof, we glad they gone. We want to try to remove ourselves from everything that just happened. <laughs> Y'all sold more Michigan gear than, than any football program that you are. I knew about the University of Michigan because of you. It was because mm-hmm. of you. You know, and there's always the wonder if if y'all had played UNLV. Well, that would have looked like. Well, UNLV would have won. <laughs> really? Oh, my OGs. Uh, yeah, UNLV would have won. Uh, yeah, I said it. Vegas would have won. What they makes you say us. that? What makes you say because that? Because I idolized them. That's why. Because I idolized them. Anderson Hunt, who was the Final Four MVP in 1990, he went to Detroit Southwestern High School just like I did. I did not know that. Derek Coleman, when he went to Syracuse, Steve Smith, when he was at Michigan State, those were the guys, Doug Smith, when he was at Missouri, they were bringing me back the big shorts. I'm in high school rocking the big shorts. So by the time I got to school, I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, these too small. <laughs> I already know how y'all get down. I know y'all can make it happen. I know y'all can make them bigger. That's how that started. And so Larry Johnson, Stacey Augman, Greg Anthony, Anderson Hunt, Moses Scurry, David Butler, I, I idolized them. 
How about this? The year they lost to Duke in the Final Four, I was in Anderson Hunt's basement in Southwest Detroit. Wow. By the way, around the same time BMF was on the rise, and I never BMF realized. People don't know who BMF is. Who, who's BMF? And the next year we played against that same Duke in the finals. BMF but, is Black Mafia family, and that it's um, Demetrius Flannery, Big Meech, and Southwest T Terry Flannery. Two Detroit area, Southwest Detroit area, drug kingpins, who 50 Cent is currently doing a series about their life story on stars. And I'll just tell you one of the, my favorite stories about them, or Meech in particular. T wasn't there this day. <laughs> it was his birthday party, and we were in Atlanta. And he had what was considered Meech in the Jungle theme party. So we're out. I think we're at Compound in Atlanta, right off Peace Street in downtown Atlanta. I am not making this up. He had real zoo animals there. It was tigers. It was lions. It was monkeys. I'm dead serious. At a club at his party. In this, this drug kingpin from Detroit is in Atlanta. It's one in the morning. I'm telling you. It's elephants. Everything. He literally had a meet in the jungle theme party. And so, like, nobody did it as big as Meech and T and BMF. And, like, the Make It Rain era, they the ones that started that. When Rick Ross say, I think I'm big Meech, Larry Hoover, that's who he was talking about. And so you already know there's a parallel of lives. I'm a, a young kid playing sports. Biggie said it. Either you sling, crack, rock, or you got a wicked jump shot. And so that fork in the road, I was really fortunate it took me towards sports. You had mentioned before, and, and the, you you are right where I, I need us to be. What is our fascination with the Fab Five and BMF? What is it about those two iconic, um, and you can't call what you guys did at an event because it just wouldn't stop. I was at the University of Rhode Island. And I wanted y'all to play us so I could root against <laughs> us. And, and I, let me just tell you, every brother on the team I was cutting That's his long. head, you understand what I'm saying? These are my dudes, right? Right. I wanted y'all to scrape their asses. Now, these right. are my guys, right? They no would have had a tight. They would have been tight because I would have taken no care doubt. of them. No but question. You, but but it would have been it would have been a pleasure to see y'all. What is the reason that to this day men of our generation reflect with a sense of awe mm -hmm. about BMF, the Black Mafia family, and mm -hmm. and University of Michigan's Fab Five. Oh, I got you. In two different worlds that were happening simultaneously. So there was a period of time where Detroit, I would say, it was really our turn in, in sports, multimedia, and entertainment. I'll take you back to like the mid to late 80s. Like the Tigers won the World Series. The Pistons won back-to-back -back championships. Michigan won the 89 championship. Um, Desmond Howard won the Heisman Trophy. Right. Like it, it, right. it, it was like it was like so many things, sports and entertainment happening. MC Hammer was the number one artist in the world. You can't touch this. Oh, they from put Detroit? me in the mix. No, he's from the Bay Area. All right, but yeah. he did his video. They put me in the mix in Detroit. And by the way, the first time rap music was embraced by sports was you can't touch this. And that was the Detroit Pistons when they won back-to-back -back championships. And so for, for us, like, that level of being unapologetic is something that I think people appreciate at that time. Because you know this. There was a period of time where, like, our voices could be muzzled. And you had to make a choice. And the choice was, like, am I going to keep my voice or am I going to keep my job? Or I'm going to try to go towards this corporate America route. You guys, the, at the time, the, the BMF experience and, uh, you know, that came with some real negative repercussions. 
and yeah. the phenomena that was um, <clears throat> that was the Fab Five. They called y'all some horrible names and threatened your lives. Yes, I don't sir. think people really understand for a 19, 18, 19 year old, because you guys were kids. I have a college sophomore. He's a kid. I don't know mm -hmm. how he would handle what right. it is that you guys went through. We're coming to the top of the hour, and I know you and I could do this all night, but I, I want to I want to talk a bit about what was it that we saw on our college campuses? What was it that we saw in the hood in you guys? Were you our Robin Hoods? Yes, I'm going to tell you exactly what you saw. You saw what I saw when I watched John Thompson and his teams. What I saw when I saw UNLV. If I got in that position, I'm going to be unapologetically black. That's what it was. Ball heads, long shorts, black shoes, black socks. Listening to rap music, they coming in the locker room. We playing Public Enemy, NWA. They looking at us like we crazy. versions. Yes, they looking at us like we like, crazy. Y'all were dressed like Mike Tyson. Only, only <laughs> yes. Mike Tyson had yes, no socks. Yes, correct, absolutely. And, and, and by the way, while he was going on being the most fear heavyweight of his era, was also a dislike figure in a lot of ways. And so that's how like. It almost ended up being like real recognized real. And we started to root for one another. And so that's what people saw in us. They like, yo, if I was in their position, that's exactly how I'll be moving. That's exactly what I'll be saying. I appreciate them putting on for us. And that's really what it was. It, it's interesting because Fab Five, BMF, Mike Tyson, also came during the golden age of what I would consider hip the golden age of hip hop when public Correct. enemy when uh, uh uh tribe called quest was when people who were challenging our consciousness that being black wasn't an accident it wasn't something about which you would apologize it was something that you would be proud of and in many Correct. cases if you had a drop of black blood in you what you were trying to do is you were trying to own that and big your chest out and, and really make a declaration that black truly was beautiful. Absolutely. And also there was a period of time where the, the music and our wardrobe also reflected us embracing our blackness. You know, there was a number of times when we were wearing the HBCU sweaters and hoodies and, and, and the players only hoodies that had like the, the educational street terms on the back. Like, and so, the way I was we I was Malcolm reading X Sports hats. Illustrated. No question. I was reading Sports Illustrated in the source, but I was also reading Don Diva. You know, you don't know who Don Diva is. Who's Don Diva? Don, Don Diva is, is a classic street Bible magazine that lets you know the heartbeat of everything that's happening on the block. Like, and so like you 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 could you, like I literally you sit there, here's the source. Here's Sports Illustrated. Here, of course, Jet Beauty of the Weeks. You know what Page I'm saying? And, and, right. <laughs> exactly. And so it, it took a sense of courage and pride to be an outspoken black person. It truly did. I don't have to tell you. You know, by the way, you know this? There are people watching this show right now. We don't look what people consider like founders of schools or like what's considered an educator. Look at you, you got a fresh cut, got fly frames, you know, bow tied down, looking crisp, looking cleaner than the Board of Health. And somebody looking at me like, why he got on that hat? And why he got <laughs> on that jacket, right? And so what ends up happening is we appreciate each other when we can show multiple sides of one another and not allow society to put us in the box. And that to me is, is the point. The point of Jalen Rose is that he refused to be put in a box because a box means you're dead. Correct. And that he has defined himself Correct. unapologetically Correct. as a black man, as a renaissance black man. Yes. And one of the black community's coaches. I say Jalen yes. Rose for head coach. So, Coach, <laughs> you taking Tom Brady 
in this trade, like who we going with? We still got, we we still got, we. Hey man, I, 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 I'm, I'm, hey man, it's so. Diana Taurasi, how about that? Diana Taurasi, would you? That's a good one, Diana Taurasi or Sue Bird. Those Sue Bird. All right, so you got your three: Diana Taurasi, yeah, Sue Bird, and Ellen. Yeah, I got love for them. I got love for them. Yes, indeed, we so roll. Those, 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 those who got next? Good. That's my squad. Who got next? Who got next? Brother, I cannot thank you enough, man, for joining me on No Dumb Questions tonight. It, it is always a pleasure to chop it up with you. Uh, I've watched you from a distance uh, and to get to know you as a friend. People don't know that when I, I called on you almost 15 years ago, 10, 15 years, no, 10 years ago, and asked you to come to our school, you didn't say, how much am I going to get paid? You didn't say, what are y'all going to do to get me there? None of the above. You said, if you need me, I will be there. And there's so much that you do that people don't see. And honestly, knowing you as I do, you don't really want them to see. It's You're not doing it for them. You're doing it for you because you're not going to allow them to define you. And I can say uh, as, a, as a peer and a brother that what we saw in you was what you said. That guy right there. If I were in that position, that's exactly how I would act. Now, very few of us, quite frankly, would have. Many of us mm-hmm. would have buckled. That first hate mail calling y'all the N-word, telling you that they mm-hmm. want you dead, would have mm-hmm. made us rethink things. Mm-hmm. That first time somebody pulls us aside and says, my man, let me explain something to you. If you cut this foolishness out, here's what I'm going to do. I'm I'm going to... Because there were others, Jordan, Jordan among them, who were in a much, who had a much higher platform. Mm. And I think he would even be honest and say, you know what? In retrospect, I could have been more like LeBron. I could, I could have mm. been more outspoken for my community. I didn't have to wait. I would have made this money either way. I'm the, I'm the goat. I could have done it. Mm-hmm. But you, at a time when you had everything to lose, mm-hmm. did it? And me. Yep the president of the black student union on my little all white campus was looking at mm-hmm. you like right there. Mm-hmm. Y'all were wearing black college t-shirts and no one knew that you had on black college sweatshirts. Like you went to Michigan, but that you were rocking those when you had on Malcolm X hats, when you had on Malcolm X medallion. Uh, 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 yes. <laughs> yes. You yes. were sending mad subliminals to the rest of us. We were like, mm-hmm. yo, do people mm-hmm. know what he has on? And Absolutely. They- the red, black, and green all day. <laughs> you have you continue to be a, a stalwart in our community. You continue to stand for what it is that we want our kids to be. So it, it, it you're, I agree with you in saying that there was no surprise that you opened your own school. I mean, what else would you do? You've been educating us whether you wanted to or not for years. And so this is exactly what it looks like. We're supposed to look at you and see an educator because, damn it, mm-hmm. you've spent more time educating than a lot of bow-tied people have. Mm-hmm. You, you've spent mm-hmm. more time in the community being authentically black than most people ever will. And your commitment mm-hmm. continues to inspire us, whether you were 18-year-old, as you said, bumpy-faced, bald-headed kid with long pants, long shorts on, or right now. I had to check to make sure it wasn't a Make America Great hat, but I recognize it's not. <laughs> <laughs> So, brother, I thank you so much, man. You know I genuinely love you, man. And ain't that beautiful? Please let me know. Uh, thank you for joining me this evening. I love you too, my brother. Thank you for being a mentor. Thank you for being an inspiration. Thank you for being a leader. And like I mentioned earlier, for example, if we feel like people that look like us may not be rolling with us, like, don't be mad at them. Like, don't be mad at them. Like, allow them to run their race. Just continue to uplift yourself and uplift those that you can. Like that, that's the important energy. You know, like put your blinders on. Like, like the greatest horses, like Secretariat, right, has great blinders because you can't look to the left or to the right because you know why? You slow down a little bit. So stay disciplined, stay focused. I'm one call away, my brother. Thanks a lot. Thank you so much. I want to thank. All of you for joining us tonight. There were so many comments along the way, uh, Jalen, and we didn't get into it because when you and I get started, we, we get going. And I love your idea for not in front of company. Um, <laughs> I, I know yeah. 
I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. Uh, and, and sadly, uh, too many of us are too willing to put our business out in the streets. And you've handled this this particular situation very elegantly um, in saying, hey, sis, if you want to do that, that's on you. Black women are going to check you. Not really our business. Um, we're going to stand down. And if they tag us yes. in, they tag us in. But otherwise, this ain't us. I, I, yeah, I'll, tell I, you that, I'll tell you as we close, um, when my when my cousins and I used to get together, it would come as no surprise that the person who was going to get a beating first was typically me. I was they want damn to do something, and I would go just that too. You know, because when you light skin, you got to always remind them that you ain't scared, right? Because everybody's like, ah, oh, his bitch ass. And so I had to always make sure that yeah, if if, if somebody gonna take one first, I want y'all to understand it's gonna be me. So I overcompensated right. for far too long, but it, it, it's clear that you understand that each one of us has a role to play and the role that you played is as a leader and you are, as they say, a natural leader. And I thank you so much, brother, for joining me. Thank you, brother. On No Dumb Questions. I appreciate the love. Congratulations on your show. Thank you so much. Hey, folks, thank you again for joining us tonight. Um, We really did have a, a, a great time and I can't wait for us to do this again. I believe the smartest person in the room is not the one with the best answers, but the one with the best questions. So, Enjoy mm. on no dumb questions. Y'all take it easy.